Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Before we start today's episode, we would like to begin by acknowledging the Yagara and Turrbal people, traditional custodians on the land on which we meet today. We'd also like to pay our respects to their elders past and present. Welcome to another episode of Elvis Lives, a conspiracy theory podcast. It's me, KB, and I am joined, I was about to say as usual, but I missed the last two episodes. So three, I'm joined. Three episodes. I'm joined, not as usual. <laughs> I'm joined, barely as usual, with Julie Eisentrager. Oh, hey. Hey, Jules. Hey. How have you been? It's been a hot minute. Um, I've been really good. Like, you can hear on our last three episodes how good I am. You are... <laughs> Right. <laughs> I'll go back and listen to those. Yeah. Then. <laughs> yes, It'd be really through. awkward if you did a theory that I'd covered in the last three weeks. I did double check. <laughs> yeah. To make good. sure. I hope I haven't, but I'm pretty sure I haven't. <laughs> you can tell me if It'd not. It'd be so awkward if you did. Oh, goodness gracious. You'll know then that I'm not up to date with Elvis lives. KB needs a nap, guys. She needs oh, a red gosh. hot nap. I've needed a nap for at least six months, but we're here and we're excited to be here. You can do it. I believe in you. We're going to talk, well, no, we're not going to go straight into it. We're going to talk a little bit about World War II first. (laughs) Great. You know, just something light, airy. Yeah. Now we've covered um, Hitler before. We've, we've covered him. We've covered him. We've so covered we don't him. need to know the history of Hitler. No. Um, I'm but good. we're going to talk for a second about the Nazi party. Classic. Yeah. Which is kind of fitting considering that's what we were talking about prior to recording this episode. <laughs> um, the audience doesn't need to know why. No. <laughs> it's up to you to decide. Hmm. Anyway, the National Socialist German Workers' Party was the political party of the mass movement known as National Socialism. Under the leadership of Adolf Hitler, the party came to power in Germany in 1933 and um, gov- were governed by totalitarian methods until 1945. Um, it was founded as the German Workers' Party by Anton Drexler, a Munich locksmith in 1919. A locksmith! A locksmith! A Munich! Nick Locksmith. Who would have thunk? Yeah. Anyway, Anton Drexler. Um, Hitler attended one of its meet, uh, one of their meetings that year in 1919, and before long, his energy and oratorical, 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 oratorical skills would enable him to take over the party, which was renamed National Socialist German Workers Party in 1920. Um, that same year, Hitler also formulated a 25-point program that became the permanent basis for the party. The program called for German abandonment of the Treaty of Versailles um, and for a strident anti-Semitic rhetoric. Whoa, Lovely. that's a lot of things to say all rhetoric in one sentence. Rhetoric. 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 Every time. It's that word. 
I get that word wrong every time I say it. I'm actually it. super proud of myself for knowing that yeah. word and also kind of ashamed. <laughs> <sighs> the party's socialist orientation was basically um, a demagogic, oh my God, gambit, designed to attract support from the working class. This is really fun, guys. You can do it. By 1921, Hitler had ousted the party's other leaders and had taken over. So it only took him two years. Imagine one guy coming to your clubhouse meeting that you're like, this is my secret evil plan and how how cool is my evil plan? This one guy comes in, he's like, I like this plan. It's my plan now. Yeah. Yeah. What a D-bag. I mean, we know he's a D-back. I mean, he it wasn't it wasn't the last time he just took over. No, no, no. Um, he he sh- he's yeah. quite adept at doing that. Oh, under Hitler, the Nazi Party grew steadily in its home base of Bavaria. It organized strong arm groups to protect its rallies and meetings. These groups drew their members from war veteran groups and paramilitary organizations, and were organized under the name that word. Oh, this is this is Julie's word, not KB's word. Oof. Stummel. Oh, no. Stum. 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 Stumbel. I can't even say it. It's yep. too long. In attempt. <laughs> Um, In uh, 1923, Hitler and his followers felt strong enough to stage the Beer Hall Pushed, an unsuccessful attempt to take control of the Bavarian state government in the hope that it would trigger a nationwide insurrection against the Weimar Republic. Come on, KB, you can talk today. It's going to be okay. The coup failed. The coup failed. The... Nazi party was temporarily banned. Oh, man, I really hope this is what Chicken Run 2 is about. Oh, gosh. (laughs) And Hitler was sent to prison for most of 1924. Oopsies. So, upon his release, he quickly set about rebuilding his dying party, um, vowing to achieve power only through legal, political means thereafter. The Nazi Party's membership grew from 25,000 in 1925 to about 180,000 in 1929. Sound like someone we know now. Uh, Yeah. Mm. And continued to grow pretty exponentially from that point onwards. Its organisational system um, of district leaders spread through Germany at this time and the party began contesting municipal, state and federal elections with increasing frequency. The rest we kind of know. The Great Depression saw an increase again in the Nazi Party's importance and membership. Hitler managed to obtain the role of Chancellor under the rule of President Paul von Hindenburg, which he then used to increase his government power separate from the presidency and the Reichstag. And on the death of Hindenburg was granted the titles of Führer, Chancellor and Commander-in-Chief of the Army. That's how you do it, you know. You get multiple titles, you get all the power. Yeah. It's clever. Speaking of the Army... Uh-oh. Let's have a chat about three of their officers, but we're going to play some music first. We're going to have a little chat about Operation Valkyrie. It sounds like a movie. Operation Valkyrie. Riders it was of Valkyrie. a movie. It's called Valkyrie. It's got Tom Cruise in it. It's not called Ride of the Valkyrie. It's, it's not Star not, Wars. It's not Ride of the Valkyrie. Um, with Wait, is it a song? Oh. I don't even know. It's um, it's 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 a theory that has turned out to be true, but it's not necessarily a, a conspiracy theory. But it is a conspiracy of thoughts. Originally, thoughts. a conspiracy, like a, a the original term for conspiracy. Okay. 
<laughs> Operation Valkyrie was the code name for an emergency con- continuity of government plan in the event of civil unrest in Germany during World War Two. Uh oh. Well, at least that was the original intention. It seems so a maim and tame kind of policy. Mm. General Frederick um, Ulbricht, Major General Henning von Treskov, and Colonel Klaus von Stauffenberg. <laughs> Stauffenberg? Stauffenberg. Stauffenberg. Three high-ranking officers of the German army thought differently. They decided instead to devise a plan to assassinate Hitler. The plan included the flow-on effects with the trio deciding that after he had been killed, they intended to blame his assassination on a coup by the Nazi SS. Yeah. They would then utilise the German Reserve Army to disarm and arrest the Nazi SS leadership. This alleged treasonous coup would then justify the removal of the Nazi Party government from office. That's clever. Mm. Like, in theory. In theory. That worked. Wait, is that what happened? Well, is that what happened is a good question, Julie. (laughs) Chief of the Reserve Army, Colonel General Frederick Fromm, opposed the plan completely. Didn't want anything to do with it. Rude. But Ulbricht was determined to continue with the plot, even without Fromm's cooperation. Originally, Treskov and Stauffenberg considered other officers with access to Hitler to perform the assassination. So none of the three had direct access to him at the time. They were like, guys, let's hunt down his boyfriend. He might have access. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Which one of you guys wants to flirt with Hitler? Well, that brings us to July 7, 1944. (laughs) I did it. Where General Helmuth Stief had been in place to assassinate Hitler at an unveiling of new uniforms at Klesheim Castle. Does that not sound like something? Thing that Hitler's boyfriend would attend. But he ended up backing out. He was like, no, I can't do it. It's not for me. <laughs> I can't unveil the uniform. I it can't unveil the uniforms. Too modest. I would like to know how they were going to do it, though, in that scenario. You know, like, would there be something in the uniform? So as it was revealed, pew, pew, Hitler. Or while he was distracted. I, I'd like you to have a look, a uh, close look at this buckle. Isn't it a nice buckle? Yeah. Right above my wiener. And well, like we know that there's like James Bond was around at some point in here, so like James what Bond been, is like, a super... fictional character. The author who wrote James Bond, <laughs> you know. I think he's James Bond. I think he's great. Um <laughs> With the trio uh, determined to succeed, Treskov tried several times to be assigned to Hitler's headquarters but was not not successful in securing a post at all. So sad for him. How do you do how do you enact your plan if you can't do the plan? Well, you can't. Exactly. <laughs> But that didn't stop them from trying. Stauffenberg volunteered and on on July 1st, 1944, Stauffenberg had been appointed Chief of Staff to the Reserve Army. How? Uh, No. Um, (laughs) Just by, like, determination. Sheer willpower by the sounds of it. Um, This meant that he could now attend Hitler's military conferences, giving him the opportunities to be at the helm of the assassination. Thirteen days later, so on July 14th, Stauffenberg attended one of these conferences with a briefcase containing a bomb in hand. Classic. Excessive for one assassination, maybe? Well, Operation Valkyrie at this point had now extended to include the assassinations of both Henrik Himmler and Hermann Göring as well. The attempt was abandoned on this occasion as Himmler was not present. And the same occurred the following day as Hitler was called out of a meeting. So they keep coming up, like, against... 
question. Star. Yes. Is it is the name Henrik or Einrich? That's a that's a that's a that's Einrich. It's Einrich. Einrich. Yeah. All right. I was confuzzled. Guys, I'm not German. Neither am I, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> I can't do it. Uh, I'll go to bed soon, guys, and everything will be okay. That's what you said last night. That's uh, true. Oh, well. On July 20th, 1944, six days after the initial attempts, Stoffenberg attended another meeting in Hitler's conference room. The plan remained the same as he brought with him a briefcase containing a bomb, which he primed in a bathroom prior to the meeting. Put the deton- bomb in the <laughs> and turn it all Babe. The detonator <sighs> of the bomb consisted of a thin copper tube with copper chloride inside, which would take approximately 10 minutes to dissolve the wiring, holding back the firing pin from the percussion smart. cap. Mm. I mean, bombs are smart in general, but like... Smart. For 1944, this is a pretty like... I shouldn't be impressed. I shouldn't be impressed, but I am. (laughs) You might not be impressed when you find out there were supposed to be two bombs. Oh, dude. Yeah. However, Stoffenberg had been unable to prime the second bomb um, that he had brought with him as he had been interrupted by a guard knocking on the bathroom door, informing him that the meeting was about to start. (laughs) Are you done? Are you done? Excuse me. Excuse me. Are you done? God, Hitler says you need to be here now because we're about to start the meeting. Hitler's getting real mad that you chose now to do your morning movement. <laughs> Can you imagine if he'd been like, I'm pooping. <laughs> yeah, that's all he's yelling. Like, what else is... I, I'm sorry, I'm pooping. And you would have left him alone. Yeah. Maybe things would have gone differently. <laughs> Maybe. Because Stoffenberg left the briefcase underneath the conference table close to Hitler. He then received a planned telephone call and excused himself from the meeting. The bomb exploded, but Hitler survived, sustaining only minor injuries. Operation Valkyrie had failed. Stauffenberg and many of his fellow conspirators were later executed. Oops. Gone. The end. Whoopsie daisies. Yep. Prior to 2007, it was believed that Stauffenberg had been the mastermind behind Operation Valkyrie. However, documents recovered by the Soviet Union after the war, which were eventually released in 2007, pointed to Treskov as the chief conspirator. (laughs) When everyone else dies. Yeah, conspiracy of sorts. So um, it went around like that this kind of maybe happened and it's proven that it did. It's a proven theory. That's what it is. It's a proven theory. It's a thing now. It's you a know? thing now. And, like, to think that there were people on the inside trying to s- stop Hitler, at least, what that would have done, I don't know. Um, yeah, If look, something had gone ahead enough. I think Hitler was one person. Yes. I think there was a reason. It was called the Nazi Party. Yes. And it was meant that there was more than one person. Yes. Because no one likes a party with one person. I mean, Hitler might have. Nah. He's bang up for a crowd. Is he? Yeah. Uh, That is many, actually, many of the conspiracies that can sit around Hitler. We've done two now. There might be more later. Oh, there would be. I mean, surely there's a conspiracy theory out there that I alluded to before that Hitler was a homo. That there's also a conspiracy theory that he was um, tested. He was a drug. He was being tested for all different types of drugs, which is why his behaviour was the way it was. Mm, um, but let us know what you think. If there's any particular theory you would like to know, any particular theory you'd like us to cover, 
anything that you just want to say to us in general, you can hit us up on the socials at Elvis Lives Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram. You can shoot us an email at elvislivespodcast at gmail.com. And if you feel like just supporting the network, you can look up That's Not Canon on patreon.com and just like chuck a few dollars there if you yeah. if you want. And eventually, if you're listening to us on our Acast, we'll have a little supporter button. Uh, that just takes time and effort that uh, neither KB or I have at the moment. <laughs> this time is the thing. The effort is my thing. So, so together we're a great team. Yeah. Together. <laughs> together. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode. We are going to see you next week. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.